Ben has a great perspective on woodworking. He's 1000% correct when he says people try to overcomplicate things and that at the end of the day, you try your hardest, you try to make a difference, and you connect with good people. His approach to the last 10 months is so healthy and so positive, it makes me wonder why I'm still such a grumpy old man. I loved his point about trying to remember that all of our frustrations are relative. It's not about how objectively good you are at making fine furniture. It's about noticing and appreciating how much you've improved and how far you've come relative to where you started. That's a hard truth to internalize, but a critical one to embrace if you want to enjoy your work and not be forever frustrated by it. Dan calls out this unhealthy obsession many of us have to achieve perfection and our equally unhealthy and unproductive disappointment when we inevitably fall short. Dan takes the universe as it is. He doesn't try to wrestle it into an impossible shape, but rather appreciates the beauty of how he found it and the fortuitousness of his place in it. The world needs more of that. Here's my interview with Dan Graham. All right, Dan the man, how's life? Good, working hard on my chair. Good, how's the chair going? Good, uh, to be honest with you, it's been an, a very up and down experience. Why? Uh, you, you start at the beginning being super stoked and excited. You got this design that you've spent time coming up with and then you get into it and it's like two weeks in, you're already two weeks behind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, but then you just keep, you hit road bumps and then I think it's kind of fun doing this now after the 10 months because you, how do I want to solve this problem? Yeah. Sometimes I check in with Sandra just to really make sure I'm not going to really screw it up. But Smart. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your background before fine furniture, either professional or educational or both? I was in restaurants for 15 years, man. That's yeah. a lot of time. I got out of but high school. But you're young. How old are you? Yeah, I literally ran out of high school. I'm 33. I'll be 34 in October. Okay. Yeah. So I'm still, yeah, pretty young relatively. It depends who you talk to. <laughs> Some kids think I'm pretty freaking old. But uh, yeah, no, I got out of high school and just got a job at, to be honest with you, I got a job at a save-on um, uh, as a cashier and two weeks into it hurt my back uh, just lifting two things of pop like it's such a weak feeling moment just twisted weird and I heard an audible pop and anyways they're like yeah you got to be on light duties so they put me on stocking shelves at seven in the morning and I was like screw that so across the street was a milestone so just went over and applied to be a host and um, they hired me and yeah did that and just like I was good at it so I kept going through the thing but eventually there was a point where I was burnt out and wasn't recognizing it and um then COVID hit <laughs> and that was not a fun experience in the restaurant industry you know there's a lot of nice people out there but I think yeah it was just it was just a sign I needed to do something else so why did you pick this as the something else I mean there's a million other things you could have done yeah I, I couldn't give you like a definitive like I don't think I have one thing that I'm like this is the passion thing that I'm going to do for the rest of my life I think that those people are those people are far and few in between and they're lucky but um, but I don't know. I just in the last year or two before kind of leaving restaurants, we uh, I'd done a few little projects around the house building. You know, I made like a whole false wall to cut our kitchen off so that I could have a desk on the other side. And just, uh, you know, nothing that I would send off to find furniture to be like, hey, you guys need to print this. But um, I don't know. It was this or computer IT is kind of what I nailed it down to. And I decided computer IT wouldn't be the I, I, I could do this. Gaining at least is a really cool hobby. And if I hated it as a job, I could go to, 
take the computer programming courses then, but or whatever IT stuff. But I don't want to be sitting in front of a computer 24 seven. And I do enjoy video gaming in my spare time. So I don't want to be trapped in front of the screen all day. So what's the final verdict now that we're two weeks from graduating? I'm very happy I did it. I, Is this something you're going to do professionally? Yeah, at least at least for the beginning to, you know, see if I can get a career going. Uh, I already I had a job before uh, at Vintage Woodworks. Um, they were nice enough to hire me on as a glazer with no previous experience. Um, but that was a fun experience, just kind of seeing day to day what people do in a high um, high volume situation. And then, uh, yeah, they're taking me back as a joiner now. So they've waited 10 months for my return. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. What kind, well, before I ask that question, um, you say you couldn't really give me a definitive answer about why you joined the program, but why Why would, I mean, it could have been metal, it could have been ceramics. I mean, if you want to make stuff, if you want to develop your tr trade, yeah, there's still a lot of other things besides wood. I think if you'd asked me at the beginning of the program, I couldn't have put it into words for you. But um, now having kind of gone through the whole process and learning a lot, I would say... I don't know, just something I've, I've, I mean, you look at a piece of wood furniture, like my grandfather built his own house in Port Alberni and like, uh, I don't know, it just the way that it can be shaped is easier than some other things, but also not because of the movement of it. And, you know, every piece of wood has its own feel, especially hardwoods. But um, yeah, I don't know, just I, I really enjoy seeing wood furniture in my place and wood objects just, mm -hmm. I don't know, it has a warmth to it that I don't think you get from metals and stuff by themselves i think that they can accent each other well but growing up did your mom or dad or anybody else in your family have any sort of were they crafty were they handsy were they making stuff no my my uh my mom and my stepdad who i mainly grew up with were my mom was a police officer and my dad's a criminologist um so kind of a way out there thing comparatively and neither of them's really that handy with that stuff i mean they're not idiots and if they read something they could pay you know paint a room but um nobody in my life at the time that i was around built things i did find out a couple months ago that my dad made a really sick uh stool in high school actually that my nona still has but um no i wasn't really exposed to anyone directly yeah what kind of relationships, if any, have you built over the last 10 months in the program? You know, acquaintanceships, friendships? I'd say friendships. I'm, I'm bad at, you know, when you get out of here, you have your, your, your normal life to get back to. So in some ways, it's kind of like a job that way. But um, uh, I don't know. I'd say there's, we started with 18 people in the program and we're finishing with 17 plus one from COVID times. But uh, I would say 99% of the people I've had genuine moments with and um, at least some sort of connections and learned a lot about who they are, whether or not we'll see each other after the program. It's not like a slight to them or myself. It's just mm -hmm. kind of reality. But, um, you know, like seeing perspectives all the way from someone like Eric, who's very young compared to, to most people in the program and um, all the way up to Leslie, who's here for, uh, you know, for her own personal reasons and just to gain kind of a hobbyist level skill, which is, but still giving it their all. Nobody here feels like they came in to just phone it in. <laughs> Yeah, but just seeing everybody's different life stories and where they came from and yeah, quite a spectrum of people that we have and everybody's a good person. I think it's a good example of people just put all the bullshit to the side. <laughs> life can be pretty good on average. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> What's been your best experience in the class? And, and experience can be however you define it, a, a project, a homework assignment, a lecture, a particular day in the shop, anything. Yeah. Best experience, I don't know, man. It's hard to narrow it down always to one. 
One of the best would be, I don't know, just I think the first moment, uh, I think when we finished our uh, like tall cabinet or the Euro, Euro cabinets, that was a moment where I felt really proud of the thing I'd built. Um, the shaker table was pretty complex, but it seemed, I think it was, it felt drawn out enough that by the time I was done, I kind of had a moment where I was like, oh, like, thank God that's over. But, <laughs> but now I look at it and it's just, I don't know, seeing, seeing these things in my house now and being used, I, it's pretty rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. And just seeing it now with fresher eyes, as opposed to when I just finished it and can see every little mistake. I'm like, that's some, it's pretty some pretty nice stuff I made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's and amazing it, how far you come. Right. And seeing other people's reactions, you know. I think you get used to people when you show them stuff through the, your daily life and, oh, look, this thing I'm excited about. They're like, oh, cool. But seeing people's genuine, like, over-the-top reactions to some of the things I made in person was very rewarding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, do, how does that feel, if you can elaborate a little bit more, because I've had that same experience because there's no, there are no artists or trades people or handy people in my family either. And so <laughs> when I've started to show my family what I've made, they're just blown away. How does that make you feel when you show um, your family, your partner, you know, what you made and they're just, like you said, over the moon? Yeah, feel pretty badass. I mean, it's like, I think now, you know, Sandra does a very good job of leading us through the program pretty fast, but also you learn each step and you get to this point where I look back at where we started and I'm like, that first month when we were doing things, I look at now that I'm, I, I guess I just see the growth in myself with the reactions of them because some of them ask me like how did you how did you do that and I feel like I almost feel like I'm being rude when I explain it to them because I feel like I'm being like well it's just a simple process and blah 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 but it's yeah I don't know it's just uh, yeah seeing where we came from to where we are now and then seeing people who haven't had that it's, it's not magic but kind of the same level of if you don't know it's just so much more impressive right and um doesn't take any of the luster away but when you tell people what you did to get there especially when some of the things we did completely by hand it's like oh geez like you did that by hand like yeah i did yeah and i don't know just uh, something about doing things that you yourself made mm -hmm. there's uh, i can't put a there's no substitute for it mm -hmm. yeah what's been your most frustrating or dispiriting experience <laughs> in the last 10 months uh, when when you feel like you have done everything you can to prepare for a certain moment in the build, like you do test cuts or practice, blah, 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 over and over and it again. it all goes to shit. <laughs> and then it doesn't matter. You can practice as much as you want. And then you get in the moment and something either you didn't account for or, yeah, I mean, just it could be Are the you tool, thinking of any particular moment? I mean, the first one I can think of is uh, tenons come to mind in general. Uh, I seem to... When we did the stools? When we first did the stools. Yeah. Uh, and then for the next few projects, anytime we had to do tenons, I always just seemed to have this moment of... I think I was just so upset from the first time that I kept feeling like I was going back to an X or something. But uh, <laughs> but um, no, I but to, then I have tenons on this project and I realized a lot of it is just getting out of your own head and taking that moment. Okay, have I made sure that this is what I need to be doing and the way to do it? And it's gone much smoother. Um, and it's funny when you do screw something up and then you go to do it, redo it again, I find... Yeah, those I I constantly have had to remind myself over and over like we're here to learn. This is mm -hmm. school. Uh, I think, yeah, I'm 33, but that doesn't mean that. I think, especially when you're starting a new, whole new thing that I've never done before, I just con I need to constantly remind myself I'm here to learn, and part of learning is making mistakes, and that's okay. It's yeah. very hard for me. I, I can't stand not being good at something, <laughs> and it was very hard for me coming into this. Yeah, to just. And I'm not trying to be self-deprecating, no. but I, d I don't have a natural talent for this. Yeah. 
And so it was very, very hard for me to not be good at this from the beginning. Yeah. Did you have that experience? Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe not as profoundly as yours, but I've had moments where... Maybe, maybe you didn't suck as bad as I No, did. no, I, 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 I think it's all a perspective. I, I probably feel like I sucked as much as you did, but I don't think either of us has sucked as much as we think we did. Uh, that's a good point. That's but a good point. it's also about not comparing yourself to others, which is hard to do in a place like this where you have somebody... Some of the people have come here with years and years of experience and they're making beautiful things from the first day and it's like, crap, why didn't mine turn out that way? But it's because, yeah, just different skill levels and also... um. Sorry, like, what was the question? It was... It's hard to not be good at something. Yeah, I think... It's hard to not sort of get down on yourself. I think a lot of the problem with this for people like you and me, at least, is I might understand something on an uh, intellectual level, but then application of that knowledge, and especially when you're doing something with your hands and using tools that are predictable but have, you know, some variance built into them, it can be very soul-crushing when you think (laughs) you understood something and it doesn't turn out, yeah. What has been your, or what part of the curriculum has affected you the most in 20 years? When you think back on fine furniture, what's going to have the most long-lasting impact? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is there's this smell that wood gets when it slightly burns on the table saw that I think will be in my head. Like, when I smell that, I'll constantly be. It's like um, freshly fallen rain. Petrichor, I think is the word. Yeah, that's, I don't know, just it's a very distinct smell. That'll be with me till the day I die. But other than that, what kind of emotion does that trigger? I don't. I, I don't know why. It just it, it makes me happy. But it's all. I can smell gasoline sometimes, and then that get the similar respect. So I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. But it. Uh, I don't know. I just. It's been nice being in a learning environment again and feeling like, doing something with my brain. I got in this pattern. I got in a very solid pattern at work where it was. I was good at what I did, but I did not enjoy it. Um, and then, to be in charge of trying to motivate other people around you to be excited about it when you're not excited about it is very difficult. Um, so then I come into this setting where not only we're doing this really awesome thing that I am, it's new to me and um, it's very engaging to have someone like, you can have so many different types of teachers that are good teachers, but I do think that Sandra's one in a million where we got experience, we got somebody who's not only passionate about what they do, but also passionate about teaching it and is good at teaching it. Um, it can be just you can have three out of those things but if you're not good at teaching it it can be very hard for people to i feel like she's very understanding and anyways it's been a it's been a very nice environment to kind of grow in yeah what do form and function mean (laughs) to you now and has the class changed how you feel about those concepts yeah i think i've always how you think about yeah i think i've always felt form and function definitely I think before the program, a lot of these things were ideas that I've kind of thought about, but not in any uh, hard way to get down to, you know, being able to define it. Um, Going through the form and function thing, at first, it's a little bit of, I wouldn't say it was too hard for me, at least to understand, you know, function is what does it do, make it do that thing and form is don't worry about what it's doing. Does it look good? Kind of. And getting those two to meet is important. Um, But I don't know. I, I think we got we have so many things in this world that are just one or the other <laughs> and it's and it's very frustrating for one th- reason or another you know these days people go and buy beautiful looking things that are made absolutely cheap and it's like well why don't we buy something that is both looks great because it can look exactly the same way that they've made it look they just don't want to spend the money to you know sure a consumer might need to spend a little bit more but I'm a very strong proponent of if you want something 
you don't have to buy the best version of it, but go buy a version that's going to last because you think you're saving money by buying the one that's half price now, but you end up having to buy it sooner because, I mean, a good example, at least in restaurants, was shirts. Go and buy a black shirt. If you buy the lower end one, they fade so fast. You just go buy a nice one. But with form and function, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's just it's everywhere around us. And if you stop to really appreciate the form of things, I think you can figure out their function sometimes, even if you don't know what it does. And that's, it's hard to put, it's hard to put into concise words, <laughs> but I definitely, I think I'd appreciate, I appreciate form more now than when before the program, I think. Um, and identifying just cause I don't like something for my own personal reasons doesn't mean that it doesn't meet what it was trying to do, you know? Uh, and I think that ties into art really well. You know, this is an art that we're doing. Um, you could be making a chair for someone, but that doesn't mean it's not an art, right? Yeah, you need a chair. But look at all our chairs. I would say you could probably put them down and not know whose they are. And if you knew us pretty consistently, be like, that's this person's chair. And I think that says a lot about how, yeah, make a chair. Okay, well, how many different chairs are there in the world, right? Just says a lot about humans and society that you can has the class changed how you feel or think about trade and art? Uh, yeah. I mean, I always had an appreciation for it, but I think having actually done it now, um, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy to me how much passion you can spark in people when they're making something themselves. Mm -hmm. Even people that seem, I wouldn't call them dull, but just you meet people in life that are, uh, I'm quite a loud, boisterous person sometimes, but you can meet people that are quiet that have just as much or more passion than me in doing this, right? Like, I don't think that those two things ever go hand in hand. It can be, um, so to see some of these, you meet a lot of craftspeople that I think are quiet, introverted people, mm -hmm. but just being able to focus and express themselves through something that hopefully lasts for, I mean, we saw some things that were 500 years old, mm -hmm. like, and that's some guy like us built that, man. Like, that's nuts. <laughs> How do you define art? Ooh, I, I don't know. If I had to just do it right now off the top of my head, I think art is anything that can invoke an emotion in people, mm -hmm. whether intended or not. It's a good definition. Yeah. William <laughs> Morris defined art as the pleasure people take in their labor. Okay. What do you think of that definition? I think that's art in a very specific setting. I mean, because it doesn't have to be something somebody made. You could argue a sunset's a type of art if you really wanted to, but... Um, I do believe that I think when people try to make art that doesn't have passion or is about making money, uh, I do think it's more apparent. A good example of that is, uh, I've always struggled with appreciating, um, I'm probably being too vague here, but like abstract art mm -hmm. where there's some where it's like, here's this white dot on a black painting. Like I just personally find that very hard to, the story doesn't speak to me as much there. And I think that's probably the bigger problem is I don't appreciate the story. This artist is maybe genuinely trying to convey um, but when you, that's the thing, I think, I think that's the important part. If I had to get to it, you need what's, you need the viewers buy-in to your mm. vision, whatever it is, because it doesn't have to be about beauty. Even, you know, I say that it could be about making something ugly and, um, and doing it intentionally. And then how does that feel to the person looking at it? Right. So you need the audience to come along with you on the ride, whatever the yeah, ride is, whatever you want to take them other. Cause that's if you're just doing it for money. Uh, I think that people feel that whether they recognize it in words or not, I do think people know when it's just, oh, this you know, I've, I've always felt that way about Andy Warhol. I never understood. To me, it was so clear that yeah. he was just doing what he was doing for 
fame and money. Yeah. And yet he's still held in such high regard. And I think his stuff is just crap. Yeah. (laughs) Or at least I've seen better versions of what he did. And so why are those people more famous than him, right? right? And I mean, that does bring to mind, you know, people can say whatever they want about uh, skill. Uh, I do think it's super important, but luck and time, like being in the right place at the right time is so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are arts and crafts affected by economics and politics? <laughs> I think if you say no, that you're kind of ignorant to the world. Um, how are might they? be rude. If yes, how? Uh, if yes, yeah. So, I mean, everything we do kind of connects, if you really want to get down to it, not on some philosophical big deep level, but like politics is just really putting what is the state of the world and how are we running it around us? How's that connected to the art? we make? I think art is a way again, you know, tying it back to people with a story. Um, most big art changes like the Renaissance and, you know, postmodernism and all of that can they really started because of something often either social or political that sparked this is how we have chosen to speak out against blah 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 um and it's kind of i think sometimes it's how people yeah how without using just words which is one way you know how else can i express this belief to the world in some way or show a show a story and yeah i mean especially pre-computers and electricity um furniture pieces that people see like those are the things that have some sort of permanence that someone that you don't have a chance to communicate with will see you know it it can be hard to convey those stories though i think through furniture and art without some explanation next to it depending on what you're doing um unless you're literally doing you know like a uh can't think of the right word right now like a painting them literally a story and like uh you know ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics or something like you could figure out some of that with some of the paintings they did but a lot of art especially with furniture I think is knowing the story adds to the piece I think it's very difficult for the piece to single-handedly tell the story for me a lot of times I don't I I struggle appreciating the piece unless I know the story behind it it adds it adds a lot honestly and yeah and it it, it's not a one-way street but it's much the flow of traffic is definitely one way over the other yeah and um yeah is it possible to be a fully realized artist in, you know, 21st century neoliberal capitalist? Po- po- late stage capitalism. Late stage capitalism. Yeah. I think it is. You gotta, you know, you gotta put food on the table and gas in the tank. Yeah. Cause there's, I think everybody hits a point where you have to, I don't like using the word compromise, but compromise what you're doing because you need to put food on the table. So, whether you're compromising your time because you need to go get another job to facilitate it. Uh, some could argue that's probably the best version of compromise because you're not compromising the actual vision itself. But sometimes like there, 99% of artists are probably compromising on some level because this will sell. Mm. This is easier. The people like this, right? Versus, well, I'm going to do it because I like it and hopefully it speaks to people. I think if you have that freedom, that's amazing. But I think in this world, especially, you know, last five, 10 years, it's beca- it just gets harder and harder, the, at least with the route that we're currently on. <laughs> yeah. If you had no monetary constraints and no environmental constraints, okay. what would you make? You got all the money in the world. And <laughs> if you want to make something out of the world's most exotic wood, yeah. you could and not feel guilty about it. What would I make? I don't know, man. That's I would probably build... If I, like right now off the top of my head, I'd probably build a really 
cool. I don't want to call it, I don't know what you call it, like not an entertainment center, kind of though. Like I'd have a full on desk leading into a corner maybe mm-hmm. that then ties into like the TV area and it's just all one flowing, beautiful wood piece. I think that would be with where I'm at now, I think that's kind of where I'd focus. If if I if I had all the time in the world and money and stuff, a house, a full house would be pretty cool. What would your house look like? I don't know. I'm not. Like, how much space does one, do people really need, right? It's so up to you. Be, you know, yeah. So I mean, couple couple rooms. You know, you have your bedroom, bathroom, that kind of stuff, and then maybe a guest room. But other than that, I like the idea of a big open. Your main, you know, your kitchen is just into a big open area. I don't like the rooms being cut off that much. Um, it's nice. Somebody's cooking. Somebody's in another room reading, but you can still, you're still, you're doing your own thing, but you're still kind of, it's almost like how I describe the perfect relationships. It's like you, you're not becoming one individual, which I think is almost creepy when people become that far, but two, two individuals on the same path, mm. you know, you don't have to be doing the exact same thing, but just being able to be in that space together. I, I enjoy that. It's nice looking over and being like, Hey, there's Taylor. I think that's yeah. a good point. <laughs> if I asked you to make something sacred to you. What would you make sacred <laughs> and sacred you know yeah sacred can be religious but it doesn't have to be some people right you know, now just because of where life's at i would probably try really hard to make a like full-size rendition of uh my dog ivy that just mm-hmm. passed away that it would yeah out of wood i think that would be made a really uh uh artistic version uh bookend of her a few months ago that was really cool but that's it's blocky and doesn't yeah if i had the time and yeah i think that because i don't know sacred such a funny word to me yeah it's hard to separate that from religion due to my family but um but yeah i think that's i don't know she was super important to me and yeah what kind of wood would you make it out of uh i mean if you want to if, if it had, her name was ivy so it'd be nice to try and find some sort of ivy that you can do it with but uh i don't ivy know it'd wood? be uh i I saw some i was recently i saw somebody mention petrified ivy and it was just Mm -hmm. like but maybe they were incorrect right like just trusting them but uh i don't know i I don't have a specific type of wood i have enjoyed i enjoyed the dark like cherry and stuff and walnuts uh not that i don't enjoy the lighter woods but i like the warmth that those ones Mm -hmm. really pass on especially once you get just a simple heart you know oil finish on them they have this warmth that you don't get from some other woods. What would you do with the the artwork when we were finished? Oh, it would be sitting like right next to the spot I spend the most time in at home computer area. <laughs> now for the question that stumps everybody. Okay. You only have three tools to use for woodworking <laughs> yeah. for the rest of your life. Yeah. What are those three tools? Yeah, okay. And no no bargaining or trying to figure out where your line is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, you can bargain. No, negotiate. there's no bargaining. Everyone always think, wants to negotiate. Ju- as long as you can justify it to yourself, that's all that matters. There you go. Uh, I would probably, I'm trying to think of the things I would have to have. Table saw. I don't think I could ever, the arm power needed for a normal saw would suck. Uh, table saw. Like a, a, a power drill, I guess. I'm assuming I have electricity. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, the third thing, man, I don't know. Probably, ooh, uh, it would have to be a tape measure because, yeah, got to be precise. Good call. Yeah. What do you think of Sandra and Beth? I mean, I think I already tooted Sandra's horn a bit, but I, I don't know. Again, just I feel like when you're going through your life, you meet a lot of different people and not to you know fall into movie stereotypes and stuff but uh yeah San- i don't know sandra's just probably she's top three teachers i've ever had easily in my entire life just you can have 
you can have something you really should could do with your life and if you have one bad teacher at that wrong moment it could just turn you off of it for the and it's really sad that, that whether they intentionally do it or not it's really sad that people can do that especially when you're younger um so to have somebody like her when i'm older it was just yeah very amazing and then beth who comes in and um you know does what she can to support us along with Sandra when she's not available to help us out and then she's just you can tell she's walking by she's looking at what we're doing she mm -hmm. seems very excited about what each of us is doing kind of you know ask questions and um and then single-handedly to try and clean and sharpen and fix mm -hmm. all the, the stuff that all us stupid idiots are <laughs> breaking whether intentionally or not mostly unintentionally um yeah I don't know just it's nice to be around passionate people who clearly care I think to sum it up Last question is not really a question, okay. but what would you like to add that I haven't asked you? What ah. stands out in your mind about the last 10 months? You know, what have you been thinking about? And I just haven't asked the right question to no, yeah. elicit it from you. Uh, I don't know. I just about the class, I'm about much, art, I'm, about I'm, anything. I'm a very go with the flow person. I'm better when other people stimulate thoughts in me. Um, I don't think I'll, I'll never be a leader, but I'm not quite a sheep. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just... This program has been a kind of good resetting point in life. Having gone, again, you get, I think it's really good for people. At least for me, this is what I've kind of taken away from this besides the woodworking and, you know, meeting people and all of that. Uh, just taking the time to stop sometimes and be like, okay, what am I doing right now? Like not just literally doing in that moment, but what am I like when it comes to the weekend am i just sitting around watching tv and that's fine like i enjoy tv movies video games like that is a thing that is a valid thing that you can do but are you connecting with people mm. that also enjoy that stuff are you or are you just sitting around falling into a pattern that you're not really happy with and i think it's very very easy to fall into a pattern that you are okay with and that you're happy enough but i don't think fills you with the real i don't know passion you know we're here we're not here for very long and uh i know it's longer it almost seems like too long sometimes but but uh but no it's i don't know we're not here for very long and it's you should experience whatever parts of the world you want to and it's very easy to make excuses that i'll do it later and you might not happen so just enjoying the present what i've always strived to remember and strive to uh, to personify is an attempt to just make an impact on the yeah. world. However you define it, whatever your politics are, just according to your unique belief system and priorities, yeah. am I making an impact on the world around me? Yeah, positive impact, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ideally. But ideally. yeah, yeah, I agree with that where it's what, like, so many of the world's problems now I think tie into frustration mm -hmm. and people's yeah people i think more people are good people than the you would guess nowadays just based on the news i mean the news has to show what they show but um people just yeah people are frustrated and people people just people want to connect people want to just feel safe and happy and feel like they're doing something that is me like that they'll be remembered when they're gone whether it's for making some cool furniture or just making people laugh and i think it's just it's super simple yeah, we like to overcomplicate everything. Just it's simple. <laughs> I couldn't agree <Yeah>. more. <laughs> All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, man. Appreciate it.